Hey, Kyle, can you toss me that bead over there? No, no, wait, I'll just come get it. I wouldn't want to drop that beat. Welcome to Frustration Nation, the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. On this podcast, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, Shane Westwood, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Kyle George. Kyle, what we got going this week? Today, we cover the most wholesome company in all of civilization, the NCAA. What happens when they decide to pay their players? What happens if they don't? Our resident National Collegiate Athletics Association expert, Shane, shares all of his insight into this massive story. Okay, Shane, now don't screw up. <laughs> no pressure, right? Well, before I have the chance to screw up, let's start with our vent sesh for this week. aggressive feelings boy let the heat flow through you so kyle how are you feeling what do you have to rant about um okay so i have no better name for this person other than spice man (laughs) kind of like kind of like the spice girls except not british a lot less attractive and doesn't have a hit single. So basically the same. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise basically the same. Um, but let me tell you that this man, it, it, when I, next, standing near him, you know, still six feet apart, I could tell that he couldn't tell me what he wanted, what he really, really wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Because this man, I had to go, so look, I had to go to the store, we were out of chili powder, and we really needed it for the recipe we were making, so I offered to go, and I went. I go for one thing, one little thing of chili powder, and the, this man, the spice man, is standing there. And I don't, I don't understand what he's trying to do. So first he picked up a thing of parsley, I think it was, and he's like very closely examining this little container of parsley, and then... He put it back, then he picked up a thing of chili powder, then he picked up the thing of parsley again and was like comparing the two, and it looked like he was reading like the ingredients on the back, which I'm like, the ingredients are parsley it and chili powder. <laughs> like, what are you looking for? Um, what year was this <laughs> And so, he, he puts the parsley back, then he picked up three different chili powder containers all three are chili powder he looks he closely examines every single one of them and puts two of them back and takes one and meanwhile i'm wasting my sweet time that i could have spent writing an episode for you listeners waiting in for the spice man to get done i guess being cynical about the spices that they're selling i don't know 
But if you're going to be cynical about spices, then don't shop at Aldi, man. Like, <laughs> anyway, needless to say, when I grabbed my chili powder, I made sure not to grab the two that he touched just in case. Yeah, grab one back. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I didn't want it. The one behind the front yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't want it to be like anything he contaminated or like, I, I, I just can't fathom what he was looking at. I don't know if he was trying to judge like, hmm, does this container have more chili powder than this container? Because I want the one that has the most chili powder in it. Yeah, weight per dollar <laughs> or something. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> I understand for some things. Like, obviously meat. Like, things like that yeah. matter. And produce also. But this is this is a spice. I, it doesn't make any sense, dude. Just... <sighs> I could keep going, but anyway. Classic Spice yeah, Man. Yeah, Mr. Spice Man, I hope I encounter you again so you can be a recurring character on this on this podcast. Until we meet again, Old Spice. <laughs> you are nice. not a pure sport today. <laughs> nice. My vent sesh this week is related to just the continued coronavirus and the shutdown and everything and now it's specifically i'm upset about mixed signals from politicians and those in positions of leadership so just as some examples i don't want to get super political on the show but we did have our president tour a factory which had decided to begin making n95 masks to help during this crisis but when the president and those with him visited the mask factory none of them were wearing masks the governor of Missouri, he goes in public without a mask and says it's his personal decision. Yeah, you have the right to go without a mask, but have you ever heard of leading by example? Mike Pence, President Mike, Vice President Mike Pence, visits the Mayo Clinic and I love Mayo. based on pictures, <laughs> yeah, the the cool whip, <laughs> no miracle whip, miracle sucks. whip, Gabby Hellman's are <laughs> <or> bust. <laughs> so Mike Pence visits the Hellman's Clinic. And based on pictures, it looks like he's the only guy there not wearing a mask. And he's come out since and said, yeah, I probably should have worn one. But in general, just we need everyone to get on the same page or this thing is going to hang around way longer than it needs to be. And leaders lead by example. Come on. Very true. Very true. So that's our vent sesh. So now, Kyle, do we have some news to share or do you have an announcement, I believe, next? Yeah, so... um took a lot of time in this decision we consulted our family and our friends but mm -hmm. we've decided to take our talents to south beach yep <laughs> uh no our south beach if you will is actually all good news for the listeners bad news for the people that don't like to listen to us which why are you here <laughs> <laughs> but shane and i have really been we didn't know what this podcast is gonna be like recording it and like the time constraints and everything and it does take a lot of time and, and energy and planning but we are really loving it and so we're creating enough content that we've decided to regularly be posting on tuesdays and thursdays every week originally we we were saying every thursday we post podcasts but it turned out that basically several weeks in a row we did not post on Thursday. <laughs> I think we posted on Thursday like <laughs> once or twice. We had one week where we posted on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> so almost every day but Thursday. And we debuted yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. 
So, since we weren't following that pattern anyway, we decided to go ahead and release more content. And with sports being something that, especially when sports come back, it's going to be something where there's always news, always things to talk about. So, having it twice a week will probably be just better for us to keep you all up to date on things. A little more current. Yeah, yeah with our Detroit and Chicago teams. And, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's something you look forward to. Just more stuff for you to listen to, more stuff for you to get to hear us talk more, get to hear us play more stupid games. So that's the first big announcement. And with that being said, I I alluded to that we're having a blast doing this stuff, but Shane and I have other jobs. We both have two kids and a wife. We we have families, we have jobs, we have other things to do, and it, it does take up a lot of time to prep all our material. And so I'm not I'm not pleading with you. It's not like we are dying for your support but i would just (laughs) i just want to say our patreon page is fully up and running and we have different tiers that are there for you um, to take advantage of different benefits you do not have to give any money to any one of these tiers you can give like less than that or in between that or it doesn't matter but we would welcome any amount of money you're willing to donate towards our way just to help us um because we're also paying for some of these things too in order to have our our podcast live and things like that different services and so the more we can get the better and easier it will be for us to keep um contributing every week and continue to give you quality content so listen here uh, i'm just going to go ahead and tell you what our different tiers are and again when you donate it does not have to be any one of these numbers this is basically a threshold for a new tier you can donate less than that or more than that either way it doesn't matter we will welcome whatever you're going to give us whatever you'd be willing to give us but these are the tiers that and that are set in this way first on patreon we have the five dollar a month tier which we have entitled bench player or mitch trubisky and john kitna all right and on this one you get the awesome benefit of a patron shout out I cannot wait for our first patron shout out. We'll do that monthly. And with recording every Tuesday and Thursday, maybe we'll even do it twice a month. So we'd love to shout out your name on our podcast. The next level we have the $10 per month tier is the starter category. And with this, we have Manti Teo and Denard Robinson. Uh, With this, not only do you get the patron shout out, but you also get early access to episodes So, I mean, we're usually done editing our episodes well before we release them, um, but we will make sure you have early access to them as well as exclusive content. Uh, So you might get unedited episodes, you might get show notes, you might get additional episodes or additional little conversations or things like that. Um, It could really be anything. The next level, the next tier is the $20 per month commitment, and it is the all-star level. Uh, we have Derek Rose and Chauncey Billups, both wearing number one for the Pistons and Bulls to represent this tier. So you get all of the um, benefits, as mentioned before. So patron shout out, early access, exclusive content. And with $20, you get, you um, recruit us to do a drunk episode. So we'll, we'll be able to do a, a drunk episode. We'll, we'll follow the same format. We'll just be tipsy (laughs) (laughs) after that we have the 30 dollar per month per month tier which we've called the mvp tier and we have chris bryant and miguel cabrera both former mvps uh, being represented there this you get all the previous 
benefits with addition to you get to select segments that we do for an episode. So you will we'll actually get into contact with you and we'll talk about what you want to do, maybe what direction you want us to go. Maybe if it's something like FSPN, the Fashion Show Podcast Network, you would even choose the uniforms that we talk about. So that one's pretty cool that you get to kind of have a you have a direct say in our episode. Then we have the fifty dollar per month tier. It's called Hall of Famer. We have Stan Makita and Steve Eiserman. Um, you get again all of the previous benefits mentioned with two additional ones. You get um, merchandise discount. We don't quite have our store up and running, but we will very shortly. We'll have another announcement on a later podcast when we have that up and running. You'll also get a monthly phone call from us. That could be something we do on the air or in private, but just to talk, say thank you, um, see what you're thinking about sports at the time. And then lastly, the big kahuna, the $70 per month tier, we put legend and we have Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. And this, again, you get all of the previous benefits mentioned with the addition of stadium tour. So the stadium tour is one where basically the patron is going to select a stadium for Shane and I to go visit and we might visit for a game or maybe we just go for a tour or whatever it would be. And then we're going to also record an episode on site or nearby if they don't last record on site. So that is that is currently what we're looking at. Um, please, again, we will welcome any dollar amount you're willing to give us. If you can't commit to a one of these payments, if you need to do something smaller, we'd be happy with that. Um, and if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, we also do have a Venmo if you'd like to just offer over a little tip here or there every now and then. Our Venmo is just at Frustration Nation, I believe. Frustration dash Nation. So uh, the description or the links for our Patreon and our Venmo name are all included in the description of every episode. So please just look there when you are looking to uh, donate, contribute to our cause. Uh, we want the whole world to be frustrated. So join us in Frustration Nation. Be partners with us. That's it. That's my. That's our advertisement. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. And I want to thank Kyle, too, for setting this up, doing a lot of the work on that side of things. Um, and like you said, we just appreciate you listening to our show. And we'd love your feedback on any of our social media platforms. And anything you're willing to do would be greatly appreciated. So now we kind of transition to the main, I guess, body or structure of this episode. And we're going to talk a lot about NCAA athletics, as we mentioned at the beginning. Just some kind of recent news, starting with the Basketball G League. So, Kyle, feel free to kind of jump in whenever, but I'm just going to kind of talk about what is the G League? What are the implications for professional and college basketball? Uh, so, formerly this was called the D League, but now it's partnered with Gatorade, not a sponsor. I was wondering why it changed names. Yeah, so Gator, the G League stands for Gatorade League. That's so dumb. Uh, which I didn't <laughs> know that either. <laughs> um, it was kind of stupid. The Gatorade League is the NBA's developmental league with a team associated or affiliated with each of the pro franchises. So kind of similar to a farm system in baseball or like a minor league hockey team. So in theory, each professional team would have like a farm team or a team just that's tied to them. I don't know all the details of how those two relate as far as the Bulls have the Windy City Bulls. Yeah. And the Pistons, it's is it 
It's the drive. I think it's Grand Rapids. I'm not even sure. That would make sense. Um, yeah. So, but the logos are even tied a lot of times to the pro team. So it's, I don't know how that works as far as if the players on that team can be called up the same way for baseball. I don't know a lot of the details, but that's kind of the thought behind the G League. So this has become a bigger news story in the past year because starting with the 2019 to 2020 season, the G League will begin to offer contracts to players that are not yet eligible to enter the NBA draft. So that's new. Since 2006, players that weren't at least 19 years old by the end of the calendar year were ineligible for the draft, which created what became known as the one-and-done rule in college basketball, where players you would see join a college team for just one season, they know that going into it, then they're eligible and they leave for the NBA. And this happened to a lot of young, talented players who knew they could play in the NBA right away, but just had to get through that rule to become eligible. So what's the appeal of the G League over just doing that, attending college for a year and then going to the NBA? Firstly, not every player has the academic ability to attend college, or maybe they just don't want to deal with that hassle, but they're under the age of eligibility. So that may be an option for them. Secondly, if you're a high school player, you can immediately make money in the G League with contracts that are worth up to, in some cases, 125000 a year. And we've seen multiple five-star recruits decommitting from colleges, namely, like most recently I mentioned this, I believe in a rant on an earlier episode with Michigan losing a five-star commitment um, to go play in the G League. And that's because, again, you can make money right away based on your talents, and we don't know yet what all the G League is going to be and how impactful it's going to be yet. I don't know a lot about it at this point, but the ability to make money right out of high school is obviously appealing. Um, yeah, and you can't really blame – if you're that talented, can't blame them for mm-hmm. wanting to take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of is my thought on this too is as a fan of college basketball, this scares me because – we don't know what impact this is going to have on college basketball. How many recruits are we going to see leaving? How many athletes are you really going to lose to the G League? But as a fan of young players having opportunities to make money, I think it's great for those players. So what does the future look like for the G League? Is it a viable alternative to the NCAA long term? Maybe that's different depending on how you define viable. I don't know if anyone's going to watch the G League versus college basketball teams that are already established with their fans and alumni. So I don't know that it's viable as far as an entertainment viewing option, but is it viable for the players? Because this G League is being funded by the NBA, so they don't have the pressure to make all of their own money through endorsements and TV deals. Um, can I Can I just say, I think, yeah. I think people would watch the G League, but it would never get to the level of NCAA basketball. And that could be purely yeah. just because of March Madness, frankly. Even if all of the good talent went to the G League and the NCAA stayed with like talent that basically won't go to the NBA, just because of the tournament, it's still going to get better ratings than the G League. And the G League is yeah. just going to be... I mean, people watch minor league baseball and minor league hockey, but nobody really... But not really like religiously, if that makes sense. Right. If anything, I could see this maybe making NCAA basketball more interesting and having more parity with the teams. Because a lot of the teams that you see were That's the true. best teams, like a Duke or Kentucky, were the teams that were getting a lot of these one-and-dones, who now a lot of those players may be opting for the G League. And so, if anything, maybe it makes the college of basketball product have less skill overall, but maybe it's a better product because of more parity. So, I think college basketball probably is fine 
long term, but it is interesting as far as giving another option for players who want to make money right away, um, which does tie into the next topic. If you have any questions or thoughts on the G League, but next we're going to kind of talk about the NCAA paying their athletes. I think, which is kind of the next. I guess step. my my only thought is, I think it was Lamelo ball that went over to Lithuania or wherever to play. I guess thinking about it from a an ethnocentric perspective. Wanting to provide the best you can for your own citizens, I think, would be an important detail. And so to provide a league for them that they can develop and get paid and not have to go overseas and relocate and get used to a new way of life and everything, I think is just taking care of your athletes. So the the more they can kind of work this up or as you're going to get into with NCAA, if they consider compensating some of these players beyond scholarships, I think you're going to you're not going to have players leaving to go play elsewhere. And I'm not even saying that from a patriotic standpoint, like saying they should play for America. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. as America with your American athletes, you should be offering at least the best you can give. And if that's not as good as you can give compared to what another country can give, then so be it. But at least you're giving the best you you can give. You should have some option, right? You shouldn't have to leave the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thought. Well, yeah, kind of connecting to that is like, how does NCAA respond or how could this make them better or able to compete with a G League or just with players leaving to play in other countries or other teams in general? Um, And this isn't specifically about basketball. Actually, I've heard more implications as far as football, but the next topic is compensation for athletes. So what this would be is, I'll, I'll kind of talk some more details, but just big picture What this is, is that players would be able to profit if this, um, if this is passed and if this is becomes a reality, players would profit from their likeness through endorsements. So all payment would come from third parties. There wouldn't be any money from schools directly to players that will still be uh, against the rules. Not that it doesn't happen right now, but the schools will not be allowed to write checks to players to recruit them. But yeah, again, the the better higher up players will be able to make money off of things like jersey sales, autographs, using their likeness and video games, which means EA Sports, oh yeah, college football might finally come back, <laughs> which was the hang up there. So that's just kind of what this is, just upfront. It won't be schools paying the players. On April twenty eighth, the NCAA Board of Governors voted to approve this rule change, and this has kind of been in the works for a while, or at least. Kind of we've seen this come in a little bit. Recently, multiple states, including California, have passed laws that allow college athletes to profit from their image, which Mm -hmm. is the same thing the NCAA is proposing now. And the NCAA after that said they responded and reported they would examine possibilities as a result of those individual state decisions, which you kind of have to do because they were questions. How do you react to this? What are your thoughts? They said, we'll look into it, see how viable this is, what our thoughts are well and if certain states do that you're talking about like in terms of parity if you end up with california and whatever other states were were doing that you're going to end up with all of your high profile athletes in there and you which right yeah yeah go ahead right now usc and ucla are both kind of down but they're both big storied franchises can you imagine like you said the recruiting imbalance if there's only a few states where players can profit off their likeness oh, yeah. how many of the five stars are now going to be committing to usc next well, year it become, if that's the only state you can profit off your 
it would become like, like the SEC in football. Like you have the yeah. part of the reason the SEC is so such a powerhouse is because you have all these teams that not only do you have a solid program and solid coaches, but when you're in warmer climates where football can be a practice of your life day in and day out year round and mm-hmm. an ideal climates and ideal scenarios it's best for the game um yeah i mean when you look at a lot of the nfl players yeah sure there are some from those you know blue collar hard nose colder midwestern east coast towns but a lot of them come from the south because it's warm there they played football all year round with you know so yeah different advantages lead to certain conferences being stronger and yep with basketball, if they're compensating players in one state as opposed to another, that state automatically is going to be stronger. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that is a potential issue, which obviously the NCAA is trying to avoid. And that is kind of, they were pressured to make this move, I think, pretty clearly pressured based on decisions of the states. So this isn't final yet. It still needs approval from three divisions of the NCAA, but it's another step towards what now, to me, at this point, seems inevitable. Uh, the deadline for approval on this is January of 2021, and if this is approved by all the divisions and by everyone who needs to sign off on this, it could potentially take effect starting in the 2021 to 22 school year. Okay. So not that far out if this goes the way a lot of people think it will and if we don't have any hang-ups, but could be coming pretty quickly. If they do like new NCAA video games, I think they need to go back and pay for the likenesses of old players too and then they can put together like on madden games and stuff you get like legend teams and yeah or like a decade team or something i mean as a notre dame fan it'd be crazy to be like oh my gosh i can play as the four horsemen like (laughs) i can play as a team from the 1930s or whatever that would be cool yeah and those were some of my favorite games so i really hope just for selfish reasons that that comes back um I believe the last Nothing one Nothing compares to NHL 2K2. Right. <laughs> that's a classic, too. Yeah. But that would be really cool. And that's a big implication for just a fan. Yeah. Um, but obviously, this has huge implications for the sport in general and for the athletes. It's almost a human rights issue from what the way people talk about it as far as the livelihood of these players. And it is crazy. You'll see, again, there's a lot of stuff that goes on we don't know about or we only guess at. But if everybody's following the rules, it's crazy. You could have players right now like Trevor Lawrence who are worth millions of dollars to their university, both in viewership and in sales, ticket sales, jersey sales, and they don't get a penny of that. Um, And you can argue all you want. Yeah, you're getting a free education, which is why I like this proposal because that is still true for players who aren't getting a lot of endorsements. If you're a lower-level player like that, getting a free education actually is something pretty positive because there's a higher chance you're going to need to use that true, in your true. future. But if you're one of these players like Trevor Lawrence, your free education doesn't matter that much. What matters is you making money in the NFL because it's a given at this point. Right. So being able to profit off your likeness, it just, my, my thought is like, you know, you'd hate for this to happen, but if a great college player gets injured and his career's over and you went through college and didn't profit off of your accomplishments any more than anybody else did. It's, yeah. I mean, you're going the same direction I was going. I, I was just thinking about Tua. Mm-hmm. He had that huge hip injury. Yeah. And 
he, I mean, he was still drafted five overall. But if he right. would have been healthy, pretty much everyone agreed he would have been number one overall. Even though Burrow had a ridiculous year, it just an injury dropped him four spots, and people were debating if he would even drop to the second round. So he, I mean, he's fortunate that he was drafted, but people don't really know what his future could hold because of his injuries. And if he would have been able yeah. to make profit off of his play up until the point he was injured, he'd probably have less worry about moving on to the NFL. Right, because at that point when he really won the championship, he was the best player in yep. college football. The consensus, number one, everybody knew who he was. And we could look back on his career several years from now and say that was the peak of his success. Because, like you said, we don't know what he's going to do in the NFL. And so if he's on a rookie deal, something happens, he never plays past a couple of years from now, that could have been his window to make money. Yep. And, yeah, again, it's not the school that's paying them. It's your endorsements and profiting off your likeness and your image. So it is literally you're getting paid by outside third-party sources just based on your accomplishments, which seems like the definition of fair to me. Yep, I agree. And there's obviously some issues with that, and it creates some imbalances. You wonder about locker room dynamics and things like that because only the top players get these in, these deals. You could have a college football player. I don't know what the percentages will work out to be or if there's a cap on how much you can make, but your quarterback could be making potentially thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands. I don't know what where this is going to cap off at or what the rules will be, and you could have his teammates not making anything. I mean, an, just another way to kind of look at this, too, is... So, I mean, you and I went to a small Christian college. It's not like we knew, like, these high-profile athletes, but even some of the athletes mm -hmm. we did know from a, from a small Christian college where their games are of very little significance or consequence, still talking, one of my friends, he, he stopped because... It was too much, and he had a girlfriend, and the thing is, is that these athletes, especially if you're a multi-sport athlete, it is, it, you don't have time for anything else, really. You have school, and you have that, and, like, you don't have time to work. Like, how are you going to maintain any kind of income while you're in college because all your extra time is yeah. put into practice? How can you have a girlfriend or anything like that when all of your extra time is put into practice? And so if you're not going to have time to work because you're focused on practice and game prep and watching tape and all that stuff, then in essence, you should be compensated for that because it's an extracurricular. It's something outside of the bounds of school. And as you said, yeah, you're getting the free education from the scholarship. But yeah, I think it's time, even if, I think even for the low profile, like ha decide on a, like a minimum wage of some sort that all college players can make for like outside of game time prep or something i don't know or at least give them the opportunity to like maybe if the ncaa game espn or whatever or uh, ea sports right. they say yeah we're gonna pay everybody like i don't know 50 bucks for using their likeness or whatever at least you get a little something yeah. which might not sound like a lot but yeah like you said if you don't have do you think yeah some guy who multi-sport athlete Maybe he isn't a starter in either one, but he's playing both sports. Do you think he's going to have the time to go work in the bookstore for 20 hours a week part-time? Like, no, he's he could potentially – or if you're looking at like Trevor Lawrence, he obviously doesn't have any free time. He's not working in the cafeteria <laughs> for a minimum wage job. He could potentially be making the school millions of dollars yep. and be flat broke. Yep. You know? So, yeah, I agree. And it's not going to be perfect especially at first, there's still going to be imbalances. There's still going to be things that 
maybe are unfair or that don't work as well as they we think they will in theory. But I think it's a step in the right it's direction. Time. And it's, time. it's it's been a long time coming. So, yeah. So that could be coming soon. Well, all I'll say is kind of speaking of NCAA, that kind of segues into our the next little thing we we're going to talk about today. So a few episodes ago, a while ago, actually now, but we talked about the implications that the COVID-19 virus is having on just on sports in general moving forward. And so I have some updates about that that I just wanted to kind of cover. Um, I will first preface all this by saying the good news is that by and large, my understanding is that sports are making their way back. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> first, since that we were talking about the NCAA, I'll start there. I don't think anybody really has any of the winter sports in question, the biggest one being basketball. I think everyone's counting on that going off without a hitch this year, especially since their year was cut short and they didn't have the tournament or anything like that. But the biggest question is the football season. And to be honest, I've seen some conflicting things with that. I've seen a lot. some people saying there's no way it'll, it could happen, and I've seen other people saying it could totally happen. I was Just today I, I was reading something from the Notre Dame athletic director, and he was saying that apparently a lot of athletic directors are talking about doing like conference, entirely conference-only schedules. So your 12 regular yeah. season games would all be within your conference, and that would, of course, be with the idea of limiting travel. Weird. Yeah, it would, it would be, but, I mean, yeah. if that's what we'd have to do to get college football. Oh, yeah. Um, but the Notre Dame is independent. And so he was. He just said, I'm not concerned. He said, I think we'd be able to put together a 12-game schedule, even with teams sticking to their conference. So hmm. I don't know exactly what that would look like. My assumption would be that Notre Dame would probably slide into the ACC in some way because hmm. most of their – they have I don't remember they have some agreement with the ACC, but like that's why this this season they were supposed to play Clemson, and in the past they played North Carolina, they played Duke, uh, I think Wake Forest is ACC, like the, all those teams, yep. the, I, Miami they they kind of you know they have a rotation of certain ones they play each year, so I think Notre Dame would probably just slide into that conference for this year, but in any case. NCAA, it sounds like it's a little up in the air. I feel like there's people closer to it that are saying it's going to happen in some form, and I think it would be good good for it to push forward. And even if they can't mm-hmm. start right away in September, if they could start in October and or even like late October, and even if they still need to finish by January, if you limit the if you shorten the amount of time maybe between bowl games in the championship game or something i'm not sure mm-hmm. just give us something though yeah I, yeah I i think even if you did a, a half a season a six game schedule or something you know it's not going to be as great but it it's it is still something and at least thinking about the next level it gives the nfl some sort of game tape they can use to evaluate draft picks for the next year yeah for sure and just for the like we've talked about the good of the players yeah, yeah imagine missing a whole year of what could be your senior yep. year or something you know yeah, a lot, and then with eligibility, you have a lot to work out. So exactly, yeah, it's in the best interest of everybody to have a season. So we just we were just talking about NFL, so I'm going to just go there next. Um, so Roger Goodell furloughed many workers because he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> but 
a lot of people were taking that as an indication that the NFL was planning on starting late and shortening their season. It's it's kind of ironic because they were agree they had made an agreement with the players association to extend the season to 17 games now they might have to shorten it but they talked about like i think what i heard was still doing a full 16 game schedule but no bye weeks okay and then all of the alternate site games would be eliminated which good because i get annoyed by those anyway so there wouldn't yeah that's already been officially announced i think is they've canceled all yeah, those. yeah yeah that's right so there wouldn't be any mexico city games or london games or anywhere else they're planning on playing they which yeah, like you said, good. I don't mind the London ones too much, but Mexico City's a disaster every time they try to play there. I I mind the London ones. There's no reason to send to put your players especially if you're if they're if they send a West Coast team over to London, that's like a that's like an eight or nine hour time difference for them. Yeah. And that's that's just a toll. And I know that they usually plan in bye weeks with travel, but that's just unnecessary. In 1985, the Bears played in London for a... They did, like, an exhibition preseason game or something. That is okay. That you can do because it's a game that doesn't matter. But you can't play games that matter. I almost said it in alternate sites, which is funny because the Super Bowl is an alternate site. But (laughs) (laughs) specifically... I can't play (laughs) games that matter. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. So that's NFL. It'll be interesting because they're releasing their schedule um, coming up this week. By the time you guys listen to this podcast, it will have been released. And frankly, our next podcast will probably be about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm excited for that. But the thing I was listening to on the radio today, they were saying is that by releasing this schedule... Um, and because they haven't made an announcement otherwise, they're assuming that well, along with this release, they're probably also going to open up ticket sales. And they've been saying, is that a responsible way to handle wow. that? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the one guy was saying it's not really irresponsible necessarily because it's not like because they buy the ticket that they're going to be at the game. You'd still have an opportunity to like refund them. But to me, it just seems like an extra step that you don't need to take. The inter- the one radio host pointed out, he's like, the interest for buying tickets would be equal on Thursday as it would be, like, July 1st. Yeah. So, huh. I think that's unnecessary, and I don't, I'm not confirming that that is, is happening or has happened, but they were speculating that that, that will happen that's when they announced the schedule. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to keep moving on through these. Um, NBA, they the NBA is opening practice facilities starting as soon as May 8th. So by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, um, the very first NBA opening, the first NBA c- facilities will have been opened. And that's just all according to whatever the, each state's stay-at-home orders are. So, for example, the Bulls uh, being in Illinois, Illinois stay-at-home order goes through May 30th, so the Bulls would not open a practice facility until then at the earliest. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that these would be for single players for now. So, like, I think my understanding is for the month of May, they'd open practice facilities, but it'd be for single players. So, fortunately with the NBA, because you only have a 15-player roster, you could probably arrange for different time slots and different days for different players to come in and to work so that that's my assumption that they're going to try to work out something like that and my understanding is that they would begin uh, it sounds like most likely they will just bypass the remainder of the regular season and that they'll just begin the postseason as soon as possible so even more so then you're only getting the eight teams that were had the postseason that were postseason eligible that are 
needing to ramp up again for practice. So even though it kind of sucks that I don't get to see the Bulls play anymore because they did not make the postseason, I think it's probably the smartest decision to do that. And from what I'm understanding, NHL would follow a similar format, um, which honestly is a good idea, but could throw a wrench into things just in the fact that the NHL and NBA, there's a lot of teams that share arenas. And I don't know if they share oh, practice yeah. facilities too or not, um, but I, I'm I'm trying to think for the Blackhawks. I'm pretty sure the Blackhawks just practice on the United Center ice. I, they probably have an okay. alternate rink somewhere, but I think usually they just practice on the United Center ice. So I guess if they were to do that, they would have the Bulls practice in their gym, the Birdo Center, and then have the Hawks practice in the United Center. You probably make that work. It'd probably be easier to relocate an NBA team than it would be an NHL team just because rinks are harder to come by in the middle of summer than um, than basketball courts. But anyway, so that that's kind of a little interesting curve in there that could be a little challenging. But all of these games I've been mentioning would be played without fans for NHL and NBA. Uh, for NFL, it sounds like Roger Goodell wants it to be like normal. But, of course, he's going to have to adhere to what is going on. So a lot of people are speculating that, like, the September games would be without fans, and then maybe by October you could start to have, like, half capacity or something like that. Yeah, implications for whatever the, whatever happens with this. Yep. And so then lastly we have baseball. Baseball is the one I'm most optimistic about. They have been talking about starting a second type of spring training during the month of June. So um, basically June 1st teams would start their new spring training. My assumption – is that they would just train at their own facilities because it is June. You don't need to go elsewhere for the weather. So um, they would then start their their they would have opening day on July 1st. And okay. the MLB one I'm excited about just because it, it brings a whole new level of intrigue. First of all, they would the, the season would be 100 games, which you and I have already talked mm. about is almost the ideal number of games for baseball. Right. So I'm yeah. kind of excited about that. Um, because to me, it gives you plenty of that that bigger big enough sample size, but it also makes every game count more. And so, yeah, and it makes it more realistic to watch a larger percentage of your correct. season, and for the players to play a larger percentage of the season too. And so, then this is the part I'm really excited about, especially because it'd be good for our podcast. The thought right now I that know, they're going yeah. with is they're going they're talking about pairing. NL and AL divisions together to make three big divisions. So you'd have AL West and NL West together, AL East, NL East together, and AL Central and NL Central together. And then those teams in each of those divisions would play each other. So you'd have 10 teams kind of rotating, playing each other. And what I'm excited about with that is that the Tigers and the Cubs would actually be in the same division for once. <laughs> yep. That'd be crazy. And it would be crazy. I would really like It'd be cool. I don't know how many games that would mean we'd play each other. I'm probably I could probably do the math on that right now, but I don't really want to. Which would be cool too. Like, I mean, assuming there may be a lot of games, obviously without fans or in alternate locations and stuff, but it would be cool if that were ever to happen, where we could go to to games. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that there it'd be a while without fans, but which is another implication because I heard there's a pitcher who's talking. He was saying, "How am I ever going to throw a fastball?" He's like, I rely on crowd noise so much between throwing, switching between junk and fastball. He's like, how am I ever going to throw a fastball? I have to like always throw junk. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So 
the last thing I'll say really about MLB is yeah they, they their the plan would be to have a full length postseason in the fall and because that the postseason doesn't start until October games would be played in their home stadiums just without fans and then Jeff Passan of ESPN he he stated he said there will be baseball in 2020 so for anybody yeah. who is a doom and gloomer and was counting out the possibility of seeing Major League Baseball there you could almost definitely take his word for it that there will be baseball in 2020 I really think it's coming fast and I'm really excited for it I'm I miss it I miss it so dearly I miss the Cubs breaking my heart <laughs> so I'm ready to be hurt again. yeah so uh so that's kind of Good. some some news updates from us just about the NCAA and the G League and then kind of what the leagues are doing to try to kind of come out mm. of this coronavirus um yeah, so that's interesting, um, but I think it's now time for Cap or No Cap. So in this segment, Kyle and I will take turns describing a hat or logo of a minor or independent league or international baseball team from around the world. Kyle and I will then keep tally over a 10-episode period. Loser faces a punishment to be determined by the winner and the listeners. So just to check our score, right now we're tied two to two. So this is a big week. Oh boy. All right, Kyle, uh, do you want to guess first or do you want to describe your hat? I should probably go first because this game, whenever, I, whenever I'm whenever i the one guessing, I just get so nervous that I... I <laughs> okay, so you want to guess first? Yes. No, 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 no I'll, I'll go first. Oh, okay. I gotcha. get more nervous so when I'm guessing. guessing. All right, gotcha. <laughs> All right, go ahead and <laughs> go for it. We'll see if... Yeah, one of us can break this tie this week. All right. So this logo, uh, yeah, so it's a logo to, uh, this week that I picked okay. for you has a type of pirate character of some sort, but my guess is that it's either a Somali pirate or one from Jamaica. <laughs> if you okay. catch what I'm, if you pick, pick yep. it up what I'm putting down. <laughs> This pirate has an eye patch over the left eye and a stereotypical looking pirate hat where it's like that raised triangle looking hat. Yeah, like the tricorn, like Revolutionary War kind of yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that. Yeah. What did you call it? Tricorn? Tricorn. I think that's the name for it. You were a history major, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't specialize <laughs> in hats, but from what I remember, I think that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so, like, basically your traditional, whatever you picture a pirate hat to look like, that's the kind of pirate hat it has on. Yeah, it's tricorn. I Is it spelled it T-R-I-C-O-R-N? N-E, yeah. Oh, of course, because, like, right. the, it's fancy. The, well, no, it's because the British probably came up with that term. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, like the stereotypical pirate hat. Yeah. Speaking of England, if you want to follow our podcast, please do. We probably will never cover soccer. Sorry. <laughs> or rugby. <Yeah. laughs> or cricket. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So this hat, this pir- the pirate hat on this logo has a traditional skull and crossbones logo, but the skull has been replaced with baseball and the bones have been replaced with bats. The designers of this logo <laughs> gave um, the pirate an over-exaggerated underbite. And on this big chin, there is some stubble. A single gold loop earring is on the right ear. And then lastly, this pirate is gritting his teeth and holding a dagger between those pearly whites. So, hmm. based on that description, Shane, 
cap or no cap? Oh, man. This is tough. You described that well. Uh, I feel like this could be one where there's one really similarly to it, but you changed a minor detail. I'm going to go cap. I don't think this is real. Dang it. Yeah, I just wrote that up. Yes. Does it wholly, like, completely made up, or did you... Were you inspired by a real one? Uh, it started with me. My brain, for some reason, went to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I just kind of went from there. Oh, nice. I, I, yeah. It's not really anything like the Pittsburgh Pirates logo. I think that one has a hoop earring, but other than that, it's not really anything okay. similar. When you're describing to like the the underbite and the the big jaw with stubble, it reminds me of like the old. I think like the old Michigan State logo. Maybe I have to. Look what it reminded me of was Chief Wahoo from the. Cleveland Indians. Oh yeah, has yeah. a big pronounced chin. Right. Yeah. Which. Nice. All right. So I score on that yeah. one. Yeah. So I've got three. Good now. job. What were you gonna say? I felt really. I felt really good about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. That was a little bit more of a blind guess. I didn't have any cues or anything I was going off of. So, but that is the the beauty of this. It's just, you always have a 50-50 shot at least. <laughs> that's, um, maybe that's why you're so much better <laughs> at this than twenty questions. Because it's just completely random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this week on the coin flipping game (laughs) (laughs) but no that was a good one because yeah sometimes i feel like i might have a clue of where you're going with it so which i guess this time too i kind of thought you were inspired by something but had changed details so yeah Yeah. all right good job so it's your turn to guess kyle and this is a cap not a logo and you'll see why here in a second this i don't have much to say on because there is nothing on this cap it is a plain white cap. There's no logo, no seams, no stitches, no color on the bill. There's nothing. It's just completely white, like a painter's hat, kind of. Yeah, no design whatsoever. So, Kyle, cap or no cap? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely a cap that has existed in ML in some sort of baseball history that has been plain white. Like the hat you get out of the dollar bin at Dollar General. <laughs> no, this is either a specific hat for a specific team I can name or completely made up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh Well, even the even the MLB players weekend hats from last year are like that. Do you remember those? They were either all black or all white. I don't remember that, no. Hold on. Hold on. What was it? MLB Players Weekend? Yeah, from 2019. Did you find it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it has the logo, right? But it's still like like an all black logo on black. Yeah. So this hat, though, doesn't have like... There's no stitching. Yeah, it's just a white hat. Yeah, there's no stitching. I got it. And, you know, like that bead or whatever on the top, like that, whatever that's called. There's still that up like, there? Or there's not? There's nothing. No, it's like a solid shell. What Like the a batting heck? helmet. Uh, see, I feel like that could be real, but. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't even have a gut reaction to go with here. This is frustrating. Um. We're gonna we're gonna go with cap that you're lying. That is correct. Oh, phew. I made that up. So sounds, we are now sounds like you came up with that at the last possible moment. 
No, I actually oh, shoot. thought into that. Oh, shoot, I didn't make my cap or no cap I don't for this episode. Cap. It's, it's all white. Right? <laughs> no, I wanted to see how you'd handle that, um, which, yeah, it was kind of a, a <laughs> kind of a cheap yeah, way to go. So I'm kind of glad you scored on that <laughs> to see how you'd react. Well, I probably that. reacted similar to what you expected. Yeah, you did. I was happy with your reaction. Just, yeah. Yeah, because my very first thought was, well, that definitely existed at some point. I just don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, but like the main thing is, yeah, no stitching. No, which I don't even know how you make this right. hat. <laughs> but yeah. So no, that was completely made up. Sweet. So we're now three to three. Woo woo. Keeping a pretty even pace. Yeah. A lot closer than our 20 questions That's right. score. Don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You won't let me. Uh, it, yeah, the 20 right, question so. score is coming like uh, Ohio State, Michigan record. Okay. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I can only take so many blows in episode. Uh, okay. Well, that concludes our cap no cap segment. And now we turn to our next segment, which is draft days. With the uh, third choice in the 2002 draft, the Detroit Lions suggest select Joey Harrington, quarterback from Oregon. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Things just got interesting. In this segment, we build the best roster we can from a draft class of any topic, sports or not. Debate and discussion will ensue. With today's draft, we will be building our ideal NBA team using only Disney, not a sponsor, princesses. A poll will also be up on social media so you can vote for which roster is better. Today with our NBA teams, we will be each drafting five starters and a bench player, so six players total. All right. I'm excited for this one. Oh, yeah, me too. Disney princesses, which with us both being dads of young kids, is something where we had already both seen Disney movies, obviously, yeah, but I have both it's girls especially too. relevant. I've watched. Yeah. So you <laughs> might have a, an advantage. <laughs> All right. Now, right. let me just, I just want to clarify something. Are we wanting to draft specifically to fill um, the five positions on a basketball court, then plus bench? Is that what we want to try to um, do? Or do we just want to do question. overall talent in this? Maybe more modern NBA where it's like positionless basketball, okay. but you kind of look for, you don't want to have all small player, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, you don't have to draft each position okay. of the five, but you kind of do want to look for a diverse team with lots of skill sets maybe. all right well do you have a coin to flip i can pull up the coin flip app oh Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they use in the nfl too right yeah this is yeah big budget here on frustration nation we don't even have a quarter to flip all right all right kyle you want to call this one uh, let's go <laughs> let's go with what was that <laughs> because <laughs> i've picked i've picked second every draft so far so okay let's do tails it is tails oh, thank god 
<laughs> I have because nice. okay, here's the deal. I have my first pick <coughs> locked and loaded. I've thought about oh, wow. this list, which we should read to our listeners, but I've thought about this list and I am raring to go. So let me go through nice. what the draft pool looks like for this Disney Princess yep. draft. Again, this is in no particular order, like no ranking or anything. This is just our list of the different people you can draft. So here we go. Cinderella, Snow White, Aurora, who is Sleeping Beauty, Ariel, who is the Little Mermaid, Belle, who is the Beauty from Beauty and the Beast, Jasmine, who is the love interest in Aladdin, uh, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, who's from Princess and the Frog, Rapunzel, who's from Tangled, Merida, who's from Brave, Moana, Elsa and Anna, who are from Frozen, obviously. Is it Megara? They just call her Meg, but I think it's Megara. Megara yeah. from, from Hercules. Hercules. Maid Marian from Robin Hood. And she's a fox for some reason. And then Nala, who's <laughs> <laughs> Nala, who's a lion. Uh, Princess Leia from Star Wars. And Vanellope von Schweetz from Wreck-It Ralph. So there is your draft pool. And like I said, I'm raring to go. I am ready right off the bat. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm I'll, curious to see what you say because I don't think there's one that stood out to me yeah. for a first pick, which I'm fine going second. So I'm really interested to see what that is for you. This player from the tape I've watched of her, she knows how to... Um, handle herself in very peculiar situations. She knows how um, she she cares for others on the team. Um, she 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 just knows how everybody is very literally a part of the team. And most importantly, and the reason she stands out to me in this draft is because she stood up to not one, but two beasts and was able to tame both of them. One, an actual furry beast and one, a man beast. And she was able to stand up to them and bring them down. So that is why Belle is my first overall pick with the NBA nice. draft days. It's a classic. Yeah, one of the originals. Did you hear how I said lit- <laughs> she knows that everybody is literally a part of the team? Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had her pretty high on our draft boards too. Ah, we nice. thought her her experience is very valuable for tough road games. Uh, she has the ability to be your guest in any arena. Mm, and, that's true. Um, yeah, we we also had her high on our boards. Um, but yeah, that's good good justification for that pick. So with your first pick, you select Bell, which puts me on the clock. Right. <sighs> okay. With the first, with the second overall pick and our first selection in the Disney Princess Draft Days, Shane selects. Pocahontas. Interesting. Did not see that coming. <laughs> so let me log that pick. And so the reason we hmm. selected her, as we look at team needs, you talked earlier in a previous episode about the Bulls, the way they built their team, Jerry Krause's kind of philosophy, talking about how a lot of teams built around a center 
or a big player. Um, and we thought that Pocahontas looks like a dominant player in the paint. And I'm not talking face paint. Wow. So we, <laughs> we just, <laughs> we want to meet it. We want to fill a need here, kind of solidify the foundation of our team, and then we'll build outward as we go. And this was one of our favorite players to watch early on in their career. And we are going Pocahontas with our first pick. They're savages, savages. <laughs> yeah, we should have to sing a theme song every time. <laughs> By the way, listeners, that's not me. That's not my opinion. That's Disney's opinion. They yeah, wrote the song. I want to be very clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, let me think here. Okay. With the third overall pick in the NBA draft days, Kyle selects Tiana. Wow. Now, Shane, I know I know what you're thinking. <laughs> and yes, Tiana is a frog. Um Oh yeah. And <laughs> Oh, that's why I was thinking. I didn't I, yeah. Um Yeah. Now, here's the deal. And it's pretty simple frogs got hops oh, and we want that's we want hops in our player and she's got the best hops in the entire she, she had the best overall vertical in the entire draft class mm. and so based on that alone um we're going to go ahead and take her she also uh is quite an ambitious player as she continued to mm-hmm. um one of her dreams before um entering the nba draft was to um open up her own restaurant um in a very uh louisiana style with you know gumbo and beignets and all that stuff um and so that ambition we're hoping will carry over into her talent on the court very nice i like that thank you all right so you have two picks in, Bell and Tiana. I started with Pocahontas, and I'm back on the clock. And I am going to select Vanellope Von Schweetz. Interesting. Out of okay. Wreck-It Ralph University. <laughs> and this pick may be, it's not one of the classic picks, or um, a lot of other GMs might not have selected them as high. We really were impressed by her drive to the basket and we like we just selected uh somebody who can play in the paint vanellope has shown an ability to pair excellently with a big man Mm. and much much like a kobe shack combo we feel like we have a good first two for our roster man and yeah we're going vanellope von schweetz yeah I i gotta say this is definitely not the direction I thought you might go, but the, it's a, I see what you're doing and I, I applaud you for that. My yeah. understanding is uh, Vanilla P. Von Schweetz has a very sweet personality. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. Sweet shot. <laughs> so that puts you back on the clock, Kyle, for your third pick. Number five overall. All right. So... Our next selection, and th- this is really a really important selection to us to have on our team. And with this, with our third pick in the NBA draft days, 
Kyle selects Rapunzel. Wow, that's a good Now, pick. here's here's the deal. First of all, you might say, well, what about her hair? Look, Joakim Noah had long hair, too. She can just put it up in a bun. It'll be fine. Um, sure. But the fact of the matter is that her hair has healing power. And so when our players face injuries and things like that, all they need is a little bit of therapy time with Rapunzel um, to get back into playing order. So that benefit alone is what was really enticing. But the other thing about her is that we were just really inspired by her story. You have uh, an orphan underdog story and all she had was a dream. And her dream was to see the, the floating lanterns gleam. <laughs> and um, and she, she saw... She, she got to her goal and again we, we laid a lot into Tiana's ambition and we're doing the same thing here with Rapunzel plus the um, the benefit of her healing factor for sure yeah definitely has experience playing on the big stage and under the bright lights and yeah I, that's one of my my favorite one of my favorite players in I guess what you would say is a younger generation of stars yeah. coming out uh, the other um, thing is yeah. Uh, she might be little, but she knows how to stand up to people that tower over her. Mm, very good. Yeah, it's a good good note. All right. So this is like your first pick, where now at this point in the draft, I know exactly who I'm going with. Okay. With my third pick, number six overall, Shane selects Mulan. Mm, that is a good pick. So people laugh, obviously, at the WNBA, including <laughs> us, but... Watching Mulan play, you might think she was a male athlete. A lot of experience in the Chinese league. Wait, she's not a male fighting. athlete? Apparently not. I mean, you don't find that out till later in the season. Oh, but oh. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. But uh, we were really impressed with her overall skill set. And yeah, no other explanation needed. We're going Mulan with our third pick. Well, now that I... I'm confused, though, because now that I know that she's... A woman. All I know is that she released that single that was like a girl she's fighting for, and that just confuses some yep. things for me. So okay. Yeah, it's All interesting. Right. I don't know. Interesting. All right. <laughs> well. Okay. We're just keeping plugging on here. Um, so with our fourth pick of the NBA draft days, Kyle selects Snow White. Wow. Now, here's the deal. Snow White is definitely, she's definitely a Derrick Rose type. She got into college by cheating on her SATs. She's not, she's not that bright. Um, she takes, she takes um, poisoned food from strangers. But the fact of the matter is, is that most of the people that she, when, when she stands next to most of the people in her life, Everyone she's around, she makes look small. They're dwarves by comparison. And mm. we knew we needed that tall presence, and Snow White brings that to us. So she's she's going to be kind of like your your dumb big center, but every, every, every NBA team... Every team needs yeah, every one. Every team needs one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot in the draft to get them to. That's a good pick. Definitely one of the OGs. Um, the OG, and, 1939. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, 
Yeah, a little older of a player, but some experience there. D- definitely used senior. to working with. Yeah, yeah, or like the BYU, they go on their their missions trips. <laughs> like twenty two. Yeah, used to working with large teams around yep. them, like you said, and. I think they could be good playing in any major city like Chicago, L.A., the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, be a good fit in any environment yeah. for sure. No, you're absolutely right. And good. I mean, I don't think there's any athlete that can quite mirror her in the league. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's, it's a good observation. <laughs> um, okay. With my fourth pick, number eight overall, I select at this point... Princess Jasmine. Okay. Um, Shane, so, Shane, you've got quite a diverse team, I might add. I do. Yeah, we're we go for a lot of. We talked earlier about developmental leagues or uh, players from other countries or other uh, organizations, and yeah, we are, we really like the job our scouting department has done finding us talent abroad. Jasmine is well. She was the Tiger Queen long before anyone had heard of Carol Baskin. <laughs> One of the the classic princesses, and uh, we were happy to get her this late in the draft. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm seeing some more notes come through on our draft board that are good, yeah, helpful. Good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. All right. Okay. So we have two uh, two two picks left each. I think at this point. Yes, we do. We have to fill our final roster spot for the starting five, and then we each have a sixth bench player to pick. Okay. With the fifth pick in the NBA draft days, in the NBA Disney Princess draft days, um, and to final out and to fill out our final starting five, Kyle selects another OG, Cinderella. Wow. That's a lot later than I could have seen her going. That's a good pick good value pick yeah no let, let's talk about cinderella listeners here's the reason that she's important there's no one better that can understand how to bring a team from the dregs of the league the very bottom the low of the low and bring them to championship if not winners at least contenders hmm. uh, in and i in her own experience she brought her team from college from basically like a D3 school no one I ever heard of to winning the NCAA championship. Um, mm-hmm. And she won it on a, on a very last second stroke of the stroke of the clock buzzer beater, but she did it. Mm-hmm. And wow. it, yeah, so she has a really powerful mentor in her life. And this mentor really has helped her transform her game quite a bit. And that that mentor will be pivotal to her development as she continues to go in this league. I'd say our biggest risk with taking Cinderella at this point is that even though she did win the championship, she never her one time shot was still broken at midnight. And so we know we might just get one good season from her, but it's worth the risk in our book to try to win mm-hmm. it all. Um, and then lastly, in terms of just being profitable, the one thing that pretty much everyone remembers from Cinderella is her shoes. And Shane, I know you and I were both, our experts were talking about this behind the scenes, preparing for this draft, that the shoe yeah. deals with Cinderella could be massive. 
Yeah, I've seen some mock-ups already for a Nike glass slipper that are pretty incredible. What are they calling those? I haven't heard yet. I'm not sure. Do you have any ideas for your team? Um, Coming out I think we were going camp? with Cinder Ella. <laughs> I like it. Cinder Very nice. Cinder yeah. There we go. All right. Round out your starting five. All right. With the number 10 overall pick and to complete my starting lineup, I select Merida from Brave. Mm. And this is someone who I don't know that the overall talent and recognition is as high with them as there as it is with some of the others left on the board. But this fills a need because she's a real sharpshooter, uh, a constant threat from long range. And this pairs nicely with the skill set we've built down low and in the paint. We wanted somebody who could play from the outside and we think it's a good compliment to our current roster. Nice. So, Shane, let's go over who's left on the board. Yeah. For everyone. Okay. So let me read these off. We still have Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, Ariel. We have Moana, Elsa, and Anna. Anna. Come on, man. Anna. Get it right. <laughs> um, Megara from Hercules. Maid Marian from Robin Hood. Nala princess leia and that's I think it that's yeah. it i believe yeah that's all we got okay okay so you're selecting your bench player that's right your sixth all right our bench player we wanted we wanted the the frankly the best all around at this point when you're selecting your bench you just want the best player you can find and yep. um this player is not only uh, not only is she a gifted player but she well let me think about this she she has a little bit of Steph Curry in her um, in the sense that when she is beyond the three-point mark, she says, no one knows how far I'll throw. <laughs> and the other benefit, so, so we have the benefit of her shooting her shot from far, far out. So those last-minute game decisions, we need, we need her to go out there and make a big shot for us. We can do that. But the other benefit with Moana is that as a bench player, she needs to be providing hydration for the starters, and she was chosen by the ocean. And so she yeah. has probably the best relationship with water out of everybody in this draft. Other, I mean, maybe other than Ariel, but <laughs> so Moana yeah, good point. is our bench player. Very nice. All right, which puts me on the clock for the last pick of this draft. And I'll kind of run through some of these last players. We can comment on why we didn't take them or our thoughts before I make my pick. Um, we still have a couple of classics left. Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. It's a real sleeper pick, but one of the classic princesses. Yep. Um, Ariel is still on the board, who, again, one of the, the original classics. The problem classic. is I heard Aurora is a bit of a prick. Oh, yeah, that's been the story going around recently. Ariel, uh, just really inconsistent, is what our, we have on our draft notes for her. Struggles with injuries, uh, similar to Derrick Rose. At times, both of her legs just completely disappear, which is a risk we didn't want to take. And she also um, she never really speaks up for herself. Yeah. So. 
Yep, which can depending on your locker room environment could be a detriment. And she's also been c caught like swiping things from other players and renaming them like dingle hoppers and things like that. Yeah, kind of a weird dynamic that we didn't want to, to risk. Um, and she always, she also strongly, she has this strong opinion of herself where she thinks she's like the assistant captain because she's always under the sea. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yep. And it's just overall a lot of concerns there we didn't want to deal with, especially when you're selecting your sixth man, which is somebody you need to be a really good team player. Yeah. Um, somewhat surprisingly, we still have both members of the Frozen team still on the board. Elsa uh, has ice in her veins, but indeed, uh, I don't think that's the direction we're going to go. Anna, really questionable decision making at times. Um, yeah. <sighs> Princess Leia is interesting, kind of different from the others left on the board at this point. Really a strange path to get to the league. Hmm. Uh, originally wasn't even in the Disney Basketball Association, but joined as part of the merger later. Yeah, well, I think I think her college experience was at West Virginia because I know she used to kiss her brother. Yeah, which is also very questionable. Um, we don't want to make that pick and then later... <laughs> For some reason, you have to deal with the fallout of former decisions. Also, her her dad is like the biggest jerk in the world. Yeah, a real bad you know? dude. Um, so we don't want to. He's yeah, like Lavar. We don't Ball. know what the home situation. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to deal with the drama from a family situation that is very dysfunctional. All right. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on who's left on the board before I make my final selection? Yeah. So listen, Nala, she really could be the main event. I think at this point, she she she's had kind of a troubled past, um, but she she's kind of looked at it and said, "Hey, no worries for the rest of my days." Yeah, and she's it's a good slogan. Yeah, like, yeah. Hakuna matata, I think, is what they say in some African language. Um, <laughs> I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah. and then Maid Marian, interesting here. Um, I think this is someone who she, she's often associated she's often viewed as a, a bad person um because hmm. she associates herself with thieves but is not yeah. always the one that's involved in those things yeah and a lot of fans may not have heard of her but i know i personally grew up watching her game and um that is a, a way we considered going but that is not what who will select sixth overall and then as far as uh, Megara goes all I know is that she can find her way in the court she can go the distance and I, she really has the potential to be a part of the pantheon of the gods of this league so if, if I were advising you I would tell you to go with Megara for your bench player yep and that is actually who I was gonna go with perfect um not a lot of individual accomplishments, which is fine with our being our sixth man, because she always gets the most out of the athletes around her. Mm. Her leadership can make teammates play like a god. Uh, the, so the way she inspires those around her and the way that she can act in a supporting role is perfect for our sixth, sixth man coming off the bench. I like that. I really like that. So that rounds out our team. So Kyle, why don't you say your roster? All right. <clears throat> At guard! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have Belle, Tiana, 
Rapunzel, Snow White, and Cinderella rounding out our starting five with Moana as our bench player. Very good. We have Pocahontas playing down low in the paint. Vanellope Von Schweetz, Mulan, Jasmine, Merida is our scoring shooting threat. And then our sixth man coming off the bench is Megara. Very nice. So listeners, be watching. Um, if, if you're listening to this podcast, that means the poll for the best team is up on social media. So be watching for that and vote on it so that we can have uh, some discussion about that on the next podcast, next episode. And that brings us to our next segment, which is UFN Idiot. Every other week, we select an absolute moron from the past few weeks in sports and shout about them in this segment. Here we go. So for me, this week's FN idiots, plural, are all the Packers fans I just had a Facebook argument with this afternoon. (laughs) So this actually happened. Um, I had Packers fans try to tell me, a Lions fan, that referees aren't biased. I'm not even going to get into all the famous instances, which we might have mentioned some on previous episodes, but times when even unbiased analysts agree that the Lions were screwed by a call. Just major, um, high-profile cases where the, the Lions were on the wrong end of an officiating mistake. Maybe they never saw those plays, these Packers fans, since they are Packers fans and they probably have no idea what goes on outside of Lambeau Field. So, okay, that's fine. Let's just talk about recent games that the Packers fans definitely watched. Last year's Monday night game between the Lions and Packers was one of the most egregious examples I've seen in recent years. That game made me so mad. (laughs) Yeah, and I've since then had Packers fans tell me that those hands-to-the-face penalties were totally legit, man. Even after the NFL came out the following week and admitted that the officials were wrong. Or how about... One of your favorite Packer memories, the so-called Motown Miracle. The play that happened after the Packers were stopped on fourth down and the officials throw a flag calling a face mask on Rodgers. Also bogus. Replay replay shows that his face mask was never grabbed, pulled, or probably even touched. But Packers fans still go on Facebook and have the audacity to type out with their cheese-covered fingers, Go Pack Go! Refs are totally unbiased! Now, it would be really petty of me to name names, but Shannon Schwartz, Jason Ward, and Brian Reese, you're this week's FN idiots. And I have a podcast, so I get the last word. By the way, please subscribe to at Podcast on Twitter. Donate to our Patreon, you FN idiots. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I, can, I can relate. I don't go quite as hard into Facebook arguments as I think you do, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been known to get in a couple. Um, all right. Well, my FN idiot this week is going to be a little different than what we've done with our FN idiots. This one's going to be a little time travel related. So, I want everybody to put on your time travel hats, okay? All right, and step it. into your local uh, phone booth, because it's actually a time machine, okay? And we're going to go back to 1984. So... Imagine 1984. The Bears and Cubs are actually both good. Ronald Reagan is president. 
Yugoslavia was still a country. And Stranger Things were happening in Hawkins, Indiana. Stranger Things were also happening in the NBA because today, here in 1984, David Falk is my FN idiot. The man is the agent of this rookie player, Michael Jordan. Now, first of all, who does this moron think he is? He's only ever been an agent for like tennis players, but he's all always done like individual athletes. So whether that's like tennis or golf, just athletes that require one person. And this Jordan kid is no tennis player. He's part of a team sport for crying out loud, David Falk. Get a falcon right, David Falk. Furthermore, he wants to sign Jordan to a shoe deal with Nike. Who? Exactly. Excuse me. I've heard of Nike, but I'm pretty sure they were the the brands I've seen with that weird, like, curvy symbol in, like, the clearance section in some of the stores. Yeah. Everyone knows that stars sign with Converse, especially NBA stars, David Falk. Not friggin' Nike. Jordan doesn't even want to sign with Nike. He wants to sign with Adidas. I mean, what are they even gonna call his shoes if he signs with Nike? Mikey's Nikes? Gross. David Falk, you are my effing idiot of the week. You can't sign an NBA player, and you can't sign him to a brand as insignificant as Nike. Michael Jordan, you will be my effing idiot next time if you take that Nike deal. Converse is the future. Obviously. That's a good one. Welcome back, listeners. You're now back in 2020. And now you know who the real effing idiot is. <laughs> nice. That was good. <laughs> so, Shane, uh, I think it's time we find the silver lining. Do you have anything positive or uplifting to share, or are you just a black hole void of any emotion other than anger? Uh, for me, I'm really waiting for sports to come back so I can have some <laughs> more unique and new silver linings. Because at this point, outside of sports, it's just kind of in a routine, you know. Um, for me, though, I I'm, am happy that my work is still open. And I don't want to take that for granted because I know personally several people and I know across the country there are people struggling with layoffs or with businesses closing. Um, so I just wanted to take a second and be thankful for the fact that my office is still open and as difficult as it's been to manage some of the staffing and reduced orders and things like that, I'm thankful that I still have a job to go to. So that's my silver lining. Nice. Mine is also work-related, um, but mine is frankly this podcast <laughs> this podcast mm. um uh has just been a lot of fun it's been a highlight of my week most times and it's been a lot of fun to prep um mm. i have a great co-host which is you know, yeah. oh, thanks. Uh, and <laughs> it's been really fun listeners to watch like our fan base grow in a fairly short time i know a lot of people are home right now and they have opportunity to listen I know that there's a lot of podcasts, there's like a podcast boom going on because so many people are home, Um, but we're confident because we have enough of you listeners that we're going to be able to continue on past 
this podcast boom we're we're for real we're legit we're gonna keep moving um mm-hmm. so i just thank you guys for listening um shane and i have a lot of fun but it makes it even more fun when we know people are listening in to our silly banter so yeah so this podcast is definitely my silver lining absolutely yeah good thoughts All right, well, that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or nationoffrustration at gmail.com or go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Thursday, Tuesday, every Tuesday and Thursday, everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do, or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for one-time donations. Every little bit helps. Even $1, also known as 430 millionth of Mike Trout's contract, makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. <laughs>